0: The bonus action podcast the show that explores fifth edition dungeons and dragons one rule at a time in short 15 minute episodes i'm your host sam dylan and i'm here with my favorite D world builder and awesome host of the round table james intercasso
1: hey sam great to be here yeah yeah
0: Man, i always have fun recording this with you
1: yeah it is the best i love this podcast yeah
0: well, before we get to tonight's topic, we would like to thank our sponsor for the show, Noble Knight Games. They are a brick-and-mortar game store that also has an online presence at nobleknight.com. They specialize in providing out-of-print products at a discounted price, and they even buy those old gaming products you aren't even using anymore. So let's take a moment to hear from them.
1: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, 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 Friday, Friday even, Saturday. even Saturday! Noble Knight is a brick and mortar game store! Support small businesses! Store. That also exists online! Open 24 7 on the web! They have D&D and other, and other cool RPGs! Any edition, any game! Even! Out, out of print, print products! And, and at a discounted, discounted price! price. Out of control! Have a bunch of old game products collecting, collecting. dust? Dangerous allergens! Noble Knight will buy the old stuff you aren't using anymore. Looking at you, Indiana Jones RPG! So go to NobleKnight.com Noble and get by it and sell it. Take back your life! And tell them the Tone, Tone Show goes. sent you! In this episode, we're discussing the rules for reactions with a special focus on the ready action in D&D. You can find an explanation of this rule in the player's basic rules D&D PDF on pages 70 and 72, or in the player's handbook on pages 190 and 193.
0: Normally during your turn in combat, each creature gets to move and take one action. Typical actions include attacking, casting a spell, disengaging, helping an ally, searching, and several other options. Those all count as what I'm calling regular actions. On your turn, you may also have access to a few other types of actions, bonus actions and reactions. Bonus actions are extra actions above and beyond your regular action. They are granted by specific class features, spells, or other abilities, and they allow you to take a specific extra action. Reactions, on the other hand, are once-per-round actions granted by special ability spells and in some specific situations during the game. This episode is about reactions with a specific focus on a type of reaction called the
1: ready action. The ready action allows a PC to decide on a response to a specific circumstance. In other words, the player decides what specific circumstance will trigger their PC's reaction. When the triggering event occurs, the PC gets to jump into action and perform their readied action Without affecting their position in the initiative order initiative was covered in the last episode. That's episode four of the bonus action podcast. In that episode, we mentioned a common house rule which allows a PC to delay their action so that they can act later on in the round. There is no official action called delay in the fifth edition rules, but the house rule, which is based on previous editions, causes the delaying creature to change their initiative order. The difference between a delay and a ready action is that the delay changes the order of the initiative while the readied action does not. The ready action is an action used to take a reaction. So in other words – It's the action you use when you want to take a reaction instead of a regular action on a turn. To be clear, the ready action does not change initiative order.
0: The ready action allows for players and DMs to really affect the battlefield conditions. Because the player gets to decide what action to take in response to the trigger. And the player also declares the trigger. This is a really big opportunity for players to actually sort of change the narrative of the combat. It allows a great deal of leeway in terms of what's happening in a particular scene or on a battlefield, because battlefields, as we all know, have interesting terrain, like magical pools, cages, bloody pillars, glyphs, hot coal-filled braziers, sarcophagi, chains hanging from the ceiling, fire pits. I'm just going on and on. But, you know, we have such fantastic environments that we use in our D&D games.
1: So the ready action, then, can include a plethora of activities, right? Some examples are yelling in an attempt to scare or intimidate your opponents, pulling a lever to cause a trap door to open or a portcullis to close, thereby trapping your enemies when they reach a certain spot and trigger your action.
0: Right, or maybe attacking a creature that just gets simply too close to you or an ally, or moving away from them when they get too close, or setting off a trap, for example, pulling a rope and causing a rock fall in a
1: passageway. Or a multitude of other options. It really depends on the situation and the location of the party. We heartily encourage players to be creative and attempt fun or crazy actions because that makes the game entertaining. We also encourage DMs to reward players for coming up with creative actions during the game.
0: Now one type of ready to action that we haven't actually mentioned yet is spellcasting. The ready action does allow for casting, but there are two guidelines that you need to follow. When you ready a spell, you actually cast the spell during your turn in initiative order, but you hold the spell's energy until the trigger occurs. At that time, you unleash the full power of the magic. Holding a spell requires the concentration of the caster, even if the spell doesn't normally require concentration. If your concentration is broken while you're holding the spell, that is, in between your turn and initiative and the occurrence of the trigger, then you lose the spell and it has no effect.
1: The second important thing to know is that in order for a spell to be readied, it must have a casting time of one action. A spell cannot be readied if its casting time is more than one action. Many spells have casting times of 1 minute, 10 minutes, or 1 hour, for example. And those spells cannot be readied during combat. A spell also cannot be readied if its casting time is listed as a bonus action. The nuanced way around that last guideline would be to move and then cast a bonus action spell before declaring your readied action, which could be a regular spell that has one action as its casting time this would allow the wizard to use all of the actions available to them even if they want to ready a spell for a specific trigger
0: one point to understand is the timing of a reaction you might ask yourself well when does a readied response take place the general rule of thumb is that a reaction occurs after the trigger finishes that is That's the rule that will apply to all declared ready actions during combat.
1: However, there are specific cases of other reactions where this timing doesn't apply. That is, reactions that were not declared as ready actions. For example... An opportunity attack explicitly states that it interrupts the trigger, which in this case is the movement of an enemy out of the PC's reach. Note that a PC doesn't declare that they will be taking an opportunity attack. A PC does not ready an opportunity attack. So while it is a type of reaction, it is not a ready action.
0: Some spells also interrupt their triggering events. Spells which have this ability have a notation in the casting time of the spell description. These spells Either explicitly state that they interrupt the triggering action, or the description itself provides an example in which the spell is obviously interrupting the trigger.
1: For example, Counterspell is a spell cast as a reaction and it interrupts a creature in the process of casting their own spell. Shield is a spell that grants a huge increase in AC for a PC's entire turn. The spell is cast as a reaction to being targeted by an attack or magic missile. The Shield spell interrupts the triggering action because it applies the additional AC before the attack is finished and or it negates the effect of the magic missile after the spell was cast but before it damages the caster of shield note
0: that it is also possible for a spell to be cast as a reaction but to not interrupt the triggering action for example feather fall is a spell that's cast as a reaction to falling but it does not interrupt or stop the fall it simply slows the rate of descent and allows for a smooth and damageless landing Hellish Rebuke, another spell. It's cast as a reaction for being damaged by a creature, but it does not interrupt the triggering action. In other words, the PC still takes the damage from the initial attack, but they get to deal a little of their own in response. Again, note that a PC does not prepare these spells as readied actions. They are reactions, but they're not ones that are used with the ready action.
1: Some feats grant the ability to interrupt triggering actions. The defensive duelist feat allows a PC to use their reaction to add their proficiency bonus to their AC, possibly causing the triggering attack to miss, effectively interrupting it. The polar master feat allows the PC to make an opportunity attack when a creature enters their range. Not just when leaving it. Once again, these items do not work as a ready to action, even though they are reactions. Okay,
0: so. Back to the specific focus of this episode, the ready action. Once you have declared your ready action and its trigger, it is possible to ignore the trigger altogether. In other words, if by the time the trigger occurs, circumstances in the game have changed, you can choose instead of acting as your ready action would have had you, you can just ignore the trigger and not take your action at all. That means that you lose your action, next round you'll act in your original initiative order, you'll have your normal attack options back available again, but as long as the trigger occurs before the start of your next turn. You can
1: take your ready to action unless you choose to ignore it. Note that a PC can only take one reaction per turn. So once you take your ready action, you cannot make another reaction until the start of your turn. That also means that if you ready an action, you cannot make another reaction during the duration of your turn without consequences. So while having a ready action and waiting for the trigger to occur, you are not able to perform an opportunity attack on an enemy leaving your melee reach, and you still have your action readied. If you do take the opportunity to attack, you automatically give up your readied action, including any spell you are holding.
0: If the trigger doesn't occur and the start of your next turn comes up, you're now in a different round. You can take your turn as normal. In other words, you lost your readied action. You didn't actually perform your action From last turn. But, you know, it's your turn again, so you probably don't care that much. If, however, the trigger occurs right before your next turn in the next round, you get to take your readied action right then when the trigger occurred. And then you would get to take your regular turn because it would be your regular place in initiative. That effectively makes it feel like you get two turns in a row, but it's completely
1: within the rules. So, in other words, once you have declared a ready action, it stays readied until... Either the trigger occurs, or you perform a different reaction, thereby negating your ready to action, or you lose concentration, and therefore lose your held spell, or the beginning of your next turn starts. Now,
0: there are some nuances to this rule. One bit of language in the player's handbook that people gloss over is the word Perceivable. On page 193, in which the ready action is described, it states, quote, you decide what perceivable circumstance will trigger your reaction, end quote. Perceivable, in this case, applies to the PC. That is, the PC must be able to perceive the trigger. Therefore, you can't declare a trigger of immediately before my next turn or immediately after Joe's next turn. Those can't be used as triggers since they're not perceivable by the PC. In those cases, it would be better to word the trigger something like, well, when Sir Gravitas attacks the goblin, or some similar action that the PC can actually see, and which would normally maybe signify the end of Sir Gravitas's turn. It may seem like hair-splitting semantics, but it turns out the distinction between what is perceivable by the PC and what is perceivable by the player is, of course, a very important one.
1: One area of discussion and possible misunderstanding revolves around how to choose a ready action and trigger. Can a PC declare, for example, I'll wait for the goblin to move next to Sir Gravitas, and then I'll run up behind it and stab it in the kidneys? Is that in the realm of possibility? Well, sorry players, but no, it's not. The reason is because the ready action is a reaction. And reactions allow for you to do one action. That is, you either move... Or attack. So in this case, your ready action can be either to run up behind the goblin or to attack it, but not both. You could move before you declare the use of the ready action, and then when the trigger occurs, you could attack the goblin. So the ready action may still work in this case, but it takes a tad bit more planning.
0: And planning that action could be a very powerful thing because let's take, for example, a second level rogue. In this circumstance, that rogue could hide at the end of their movement as a bonus action, because a rogue has an ability called Cunning Action that allows him to do that, and then they could declare that they'll ready an attack. The declared trigger is the goblin moving in close to the paladin. If the goblin moves up to Sir Gravitas before the beginning of the rogue's next turn, the rogue can stab the goblin from the hidden position. This would also, by the way, provoke a sneak attack damage, because the rogue is striking from a hidden location, but that's a topic for a different episode our next episode by the way there's your teaser (laughs) the second level fighter could actually do a similar ready action in that same situation but they of course would have a more difficult time hiding especially if they're wearing heavy armor and they would never get sneak attack damage because they don't have that ability it's not part of their class similarly a wizard could just as easily ready a magic missile spell and have it set to go off when a goblin moves up to the paladin And as long as the wizard doesn't lose their concentration between their initiative spot and the time when the trigger occurred, then that spell's going to go off and damage the goblin. So in that case, of course, the wizard didn't need to move or hide, and of course also doesn't get sneak attack damage. So you could see this ready action is available to everyone. It just depends on class what you will actually be able to do.
1: So, given all of that, you can see why the ready action can be problematic if players and their DM don't agree on the specifics of a ready-trigger combo. A good rule of thumb is to keep triggers and their reactions simple. Any single regular action that can be performed during a PC's turn can be readied and performed when the appropriate trigger occurs. Be creative, but don't go overboard. Here, we encourage players and DMs to work together to resolve issues issues of complexity within the bounds of realism of your individual games. Don't get stuck negotiating triggers and reactions and let that bring your game to a screeching halt. Players pick very simple actions and keep the pace of the game moving swiftly. And remember, whether or not you have chosen an appropriate trigger and reaction is ultimately up to your DM. Well, we hope you
0: have enjoyed this rule discussion, and if you like the show, I encourage you to visit show.com and use our affiliate links for amazon.com, noblenight.com, and dndclassics.com. Support the show while you shop. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does throw a few copper pieces in the Tome Show's bell pouch. It allows us to stay on the air, and we greatly appreciate it.
1: Yes, we certainly do. And I'd like to send a special shout-out to Tome Show listener Gabe Tannenhaus. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. If any other listeners out there have suggestions, corrections, or comments, feel free to leave a comment at thetomeshow.com or email thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can also call the Tome Show's biz line at 919-BizTome. The music used in this episode was composed and performed by Eric Michaels.
0: James, where can listeners find you?
1: They can find me at worldbuilderblog.me or at twitter.com slash Intricasso. And
0: you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash dmsamuel, or you can follow me on my blog at rpgmusings.com.